The Benjamin Dixon Show is only possible with listener support. Go to www.thebenjamindixonshow.com to register for our blog and join the progressive army. And now, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, it's the Benjamin Dixon Show. Hey, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Oh, my God. It's so crazy. This is Tuesday, April 26th. We're already almost to May, five months into 2016. Where has all the time gone? Probably freaking out about Bernie Sanders, the election, and Hillary trolls. Am I right? I mean, how are you guys doing tonight, Progressive Army? Like, it has been a wild past 24 hours. I mean, it's been a wild nine months. Let's let's just take a moment and reflect for a minute, right? We, we're, it's another Super Tuesday. I remember voting when there was only one Super Tuesday. And now every Tuesday where there are a bunch of elections, apparently it's super. So, <laughs> you know, it's another Super Tuesday. We are like eight, nine months into this election cycle and it is getting grimy. It is gutter and it is crazy. So, um, you know, today's a primary. So uh, polls have closed in some places. So as soon as I have results, I'll be popping in every five, every 10 minutes or so. Um, I do know that there are uh, there. I think there were four polls in um, Baltimore that opened late that will be staying open till nine o'clock. So, um, you know, I don't know how that will affect Maryland results. Maryland polls officially closed at eight. So I don't know how that will affect the, the results and stuff coming back in. Um, I know some. Uh, Exit polls that I saw from a little earlier, um, you know, said it could be a tough day, you know, whatever. We're strong. We take it all in stride because ultimately what I really want to talk to you guys today about is looking forward because at the end of the day, this has always been more than a nomination, right? This is more than winning a race, more than winning an election. This is about creating a forward-moving progressive movement that is focused on sustainable change that is people-driven, sustained and maintained. I mean, 150,000%, right? Um, and no, that is not a, oh my God, I'm giving up on Bernie. <laughs> Never. However, we all do need to be focused and accountable to the process that we are saying that we're a part of, that we believe in, and that we're engaged in. So we'll touch on a little bit more of that later on the hour. For those of you who are tuning in possibly for the first time, thank you very much. Thank you for everyone who is tuning in that are regulars. Super excited to have you here with me. My name is Zanoa Changa, and this is The Way. Yay, thank you, Ben, for letting me steal your first hour. Um, just want to give you a few little light things that happened, just so we can recap real quick before we get into the news and, and you know, the heavy lifting for the evening. Um, a couple funny things, a couple interesting things happened this weekend, and a couple things not so funny. Um, one thing that actually happened, it happened kind of late last week, but apparently a video came out about it, I believe it was yesterday. So for anyone who watches The Breakfast Club, um, not watches, but if you watch their videos on YouTube or if you listen to them, whether well, live from New York, you know, it's the morning show on Power 105, Charlamagne the Glad, Angela Yee, and DJ Envy. Um, and Charlemagne's infamous for giving out donkey of the day. Angela Yee gives her advice and other stuff. And DJ Envy, he just kicks, you know, really sick mixes around about 8.50 or so, right? So anyway, why is she talking about this? Because it's it's funny. And sometimes it's cool to just relax, decompress, and not be so heavily inundated with the political world and stuff as we can be. So anyway, so last week, apparently, um, Birdman from Cash Money uh, was interviewed. And there were some issues because, I guess, Rick Ross had been interviewed previously or uh, Trick Daddy. Anyways, Baby felt disrespected, right? So instead of, like, taking up his issue with the rappers, he felt disrespected him, he came at the breakfast club. So um, basically what has been characterized, and I double check, you know, I'm a little old now, so I might be a little out of touch, but I double check with my sister who's 18 <laughs> to verify if my assessment was correct. So basically Baby had the equivalent of a, of a, of a temper tantrum, you know, on the show. And um, there, there, you know, there are memes about it. It's all really funny. You know, there's the infamous Michael Jordan face that's always crying that people have shared around too. But one thing that I thought was really interesting, shout out to JP for, 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 for dropping me this earlier, um, the Hamiltons, it, singer Anthony Hamilton's vocal, vocal backup group, right? The Hamiltons, they did like this very, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> and it is awesome gospel rendition of, 
quotes from Birdman's, you know, little tirade. And, you know, you gotta, you better put respect on my name. Respect, yeah, respect with a K. R-E-S-P-E-C-K, okay? Um, you may have seen that like on Twitter, because actually I'm gonna be honest, like I, I'm I'm a little behind and everything that's going on. That's why we gotta come up from some of this political stuff sometimes and just see what's happening in life around us. It's it's okay to take a breather every once in a while. The revolution will not stop if you watch a good show, if you hang out with your kids or do something else, right? It it things will still be there. They'll still be you know, issues to fix. But I just thought that this was like kind of cool and I'll drop the link in there from OK Player for you guys. Um, just if you're a music head, OK Player is a pretty cool site to check out regardless. Um, also, you know, Lemonade dropped. Yes, Lemonade. For those who are not aware, Beyonce and all her Beyonce-ness, I'm not gonna say anything that goes too far towards criticism because I don't need any type of the beehive coming for me. Um, Beyonce dropped Lemonade and Lemonade is an album. It is also a visual masterpiece, I guess. I don't know what to call it. Um, it unveiled on HBO. So she released an album, but she also released this visual experience. Experience, I think is a good word. Um, well, HBO came on Saturday evening, and all I could do in my Twitter feed, I'm, I'm gonna be honest, I'm not like, it's not like I'm like, oh my God, Beyonce. I'm not a diehard Beyonce fan. I do like her music. I do think she's grown very well as an artist. Um, you know, back in the day, I've, I've always said back in the day, had Aaliyah not passed, you know, Beyonce would have had a serious run for her month. But um, but Beyonce, Lemonade, I don't know what to tell you. You have to find it and check it out for yourself. But what I can say is that it's it's a visually stunning experience in Black womanhood, sisterhood, and, you know, emotional um, it's an, it's a journey. It's a 60 minute, you know, video. It, you go through different levels of emotional angst to finally a place of redemption and release. And, and what I like the most about it, um, was the representation. Like a lot of people don't understand the importance that this is a video that was exclusively black women, black women of all shades of hues, um, sizes, um, hair textures, like like it's so important for us to have representation, right? We 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 use that term a lot, um, especially when we see a time where a few weeks ago, I don't know if any of you guys follow like um, Black Nerd Girl or any of the other like kind of like Black Nerd type Twitter personalities, but you know, one of the main character, well not one of the main character from the show Sleepy Hollow, was killed off. Abby, right? This show has basically been about her and her twin sister since its creation. Yeah, yeah, Ichabod Crane is there and there's some other supernatural stuff going on. But like you have you have representation. We have this strong black woman character who's not like the traditional, stereotypical, acceptable black woman we see on television. You know, she's I forget the actress's name, but she was also in this really cool movie called American Violet some years back that dealt with um this 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 drug sting in Texas that was like wrongfully railroading people. So American Violet, that's something you should, you should check out. But but there is this been this this thing about how we're only cast, especially when you're talking about darker skinned black women, right? We're only cast in certain roles. You know, we got to be loud. We got to be this. You know, we're not. If you're too big, then you're not. If you, you know, if you're considered full of figure, you only get cast in certain roles. You know, if you don't have certain, I mean. Representation is so huge. So, 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 so to experience, go along this experience with Beyonce and to see, you know, some of my favorite little, you know, young women who are coming up, Amanda Steinberg, who is, um, was famous for being Rue in the first Hunger Games movie. She is going to be in the, um, in an upcoming, this upcoming movie based on a book about the Black Lives Matter movement. She'll be starring in that. Um, and she's a pretty little, you know, she's a formidable young woman, and it's really exciting watching her grow from when she was that character to be this very outspoken. You know, also you have the um, actress Zendaya, who's another young woman who I, I, I mean, I have a teenage daughter, so we've gone through the Disney Channel phase, and we've watched her in very positive representations. Um, I can never pronounce her name right, but there was the young woman that played Annie, right? Um, if you have, there's a movie. Man, my mind went blank. There's a great document. Well, it's, it's a it's more of a mockumentary, but um, she was in it when she was little. And she played a character called Hush Puppy, and if I can remember the name of the name of it, I'll definitely tweet it out. But that was, she's a great little actress, 
And so there were older women, like she had cameos from Trayvon Martin's mother and Michael Brown's mother. Like it just like, like, you know, and, and there was some pushback, like Pierce Morgan tried to jump in and basically he went a very roundabout way, but he slammed her. He slammed her for being too kind of fake almost with her activism. She had this great scene in the middle about how black women are the most underappreciated, um, basically women. Um, and, and we, you know, it's, it's, it's a quote from Malcolm X, right? It's like this scene and it shows different women and then they're like, quote, is a quote from Malcolm X. Like, who does that? So, so for me, to some extent, I, I did wonder because I know like uh, historically Beyonce does not necessarily write her own music. So I did wonder some about like her, how much input and stuff she had into this production, like was it her? But at the same time, regardless of whether she wrote it or not, or who was it about, I'm not getting into all that stuff because I really don't care. But what I do care about is that there was this really great piece that she put her name and her brand on that was representative, that was allowed to have an expression of black girl angst, pain, happiness, family, forgiveness. I mean, we're dynamic individuals. So that's my little bit on Lemonade. I'm not, like I said, I'm not getting into the whole big long thing. There was some Twitter drama. <laughs> the beehive got kind of out of control and it, and it goes into something Ben had talked about. Ben mentioned, I think, um, or maybe it was just in the discussion we might've had in the Progressive Army Facebook group. That reminds me, if any of you are on Facebook, we have a Facebook group, discussion group. You know, you guys can come share your articles and ideas and stuff. But so, but somewhere we were talking about this issue where last week Rosaria Dawson had mentioned um, Monica Lewinsky in terms of cyberbullying, right, and bullying in general, and how she has spent her her life now, you know, combating and talking about and standing up to cyberbullying, and you know. Um, Rosario was just talking about how we've, as Bernie supporters, as activists, as women, in particular, when we're, we've experienced a lot of that, right? And when we're when we're talking about like that type of stuff, you see now with Lemonade because people are so passionate. We've seen a lot of passionate fans recently, right? For those of us who are big fans of Prince, you know, his loss, his life, you know, ending last week has been devastating for many people. We're very passionate about our support and that in turn has led to us to be very emotional. There are people who are very passionate apparently about Beyonce. You do not mess with the beehive. Um, the fashion designer, editor, whatever she is, Rachel Roy apparently posted something either during or right after the airing of Lemonade that was taken to seem like a dig at Beyonce. Um, it was a reference to a line of song, Becky with the good hair. People laid into her. They decimated that woman. They they attacked her Wikipedia page. They attacked her on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. I mean, wherever Rachel Roy had a presence, they attacked her. And then some of the really overzealous, less intelligent members of the Beehive attacked Rachel Ray. Yes, Rachel Ray, who's best known for her 30-minute meals. Um, so I say all that to say like cyberbullying, because we as Bernie supporters, I, and I know everyone out there is not a Bernie supporter. Some of you support other candidates. You may not support any candidate. But like when we're engaging in a lot of these conversations online, people get very, like I think the way social media is in our 24-hour news cycle, we're very overstimulated. We're very hyper, you know, extended in a, in a lot of different areas. And we get rabid. And then we all pile on, right? You see a tweet and then that person has upset you and they've upset your friends. And like we all pile on and we really just need to take a step back and think about it. And, and you know, as I talk to my kids and stuff and I think about we chastise children, we make a big deal with kids about cyberbullying and how, how we need to engage and behave people and use our words. It's really something that a lot of us need to take into consideration as adults as well. Um, and, and there's been so much going on in terms of the social media world and the, the warring of the campaigns and stuff. You know, we've seen the information now that the Clinton campaign through the, through the Corrected Record Super PAC has invested money basically into trolling Bernie, um, you know, supporters online. We've had an issue last night where just during when the show was going off last night, apparently either right before or around the time that the town hall was starting, several of the larger Facebook, burning Facebook groups were taken down for very, for whatever reason. Um, we've read that, we've been told that it was a glitch on Facebook's part. We've been told that there was a massive coordinated strike basically with posting, you know, in, inappropriate stuff and then people reporting it. I mean, who knows, right? But several pages came down. The thing that everyone needs to remember is social media, 
while it's great, a great way for all of us to communicate and engage and dialogue with each other, it is not the end all be all. It is not the end of the world. It is not life as we know it, right? Because ultimately, we're talking about this work that we're trying to do in this election cycle and turning out the vote and really getting people active and engaged. What is most important is direct communication, whether we're phone banking, whether we're canvassing, holding house parties, really getting out the vote and engaging with people. It is great that we have these wonderful Facebook groups. I just gave a shout out to the one that Progressive Army has been growing. You know, it's great to share ideas and be with other people. But 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 taking down a few Facebook pages, don't stop the show. And we can't get so caught up that some other thing, that some other perceived harm has happened, that we lose focus. Because last week it was, you know, everybody was upset because of the stuff with the New York. Granted, it is a real issue, but we do need to have action items and then we need to act on them. But we can't let the paranoia, we can't let, let the angst, we can't let that derail us from doing what needs to be done. Because then now I have had messages in all our different pages and groups since last night, so almost a 24 hour period now about what happened with the supposed, the alleged, you know, count, uh, 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 correct the record strike on Bernie pages. There were some smaller ones that were taken down too. You know, we get trolls and stuff on all the pages. That happens. As admin, you all need to be very aggressively managing and operating your pages. We need to disseminate the information that we need to and we need to keep it moving because ultimately, the election, the camp, this this is not going to be won on Facebook. We're not going to change lives. Not really. We're, we're going to connect with people. We're going to disseminate information. But the real work requires all of us to get out in the streets, to talk to people, to get off the Internet. Right. So, like, I appreciate what happened. You know, I know people from those groups that it happened to. And I, like I said, I'm an admin of, of a group of a two group, three group, my admin of three groups and like five pages. So I understand about dealing with trolls and the importance of getting that stuff under control because it could completely destroy a lot of good work people are doing. However, it can't be the only thing we're focused on. When something happens, all of us cannot be posting about the same damn thing because you know what happened from like 730, 8 o'clock last night. You still had some time to make phone calls and stuff last night. Why nobody doing that? Everybody was focused on, oh my God, Hillary trolls attacked us. Who cares? Because you know what? They're still going to turn out to vote. We're the ones that have the uphill battle to making sure we get the votes we need at the at the at the polls today, right? So like we can't let this stuff, we already know. This is this is month like eight or nine. We already know they coming for us. This has been like three months of we're at you, we're at you, we're at you, attack, attack, attack. We already know this is happening. We already know the media is not going to help us any. We already know that it's only us. So if you're a Bernie supporter and you want to be active, and engaged and help, yes, share information for election protection. But if you have like 17 posts ad nauseum about all the things wrong in the crooked system, how does that inspire anyone to vote and support your candidate? How does that inspire anyone to even be involved, right? You're just feeding into the inevitability narrative. We have to do better. We have to move forward. Um, so that's, I mean, I didn't mean to get into a into a thing about, you know, um, cyberbullying and the Facebook stuff, but like it just happened last night and and I saw a lot of it, like a lot of people posting the same thing over and over again. So breaking um, primary news, not I know not what you want to need to talk about, but um Oh, the cat said I need a backdrop. You know, I mean, I'm always open to taking up a funding stuff, backdrop, new computer. You know, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. This is, you know, this is a work in progress. So I definitely appreciate all y'all support. We're working on a backdrop. Dalton has some suggestions for me. So I'll take suggestions from you guys too. What would you like to see behind me? But um, apparently Trump is predicted is a projected winner in Pennsylvania, Maryland, and the Connecticut Republican primary. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Um, that's pretty wild. And in Maryland, the most recent polls that Chris Van Hollen is ahead of Donna Edwards in the Democratic primary for U.S. Senate. Um, and they're saying that among Democratic voters, uh, a tweet came out from um, ABS. This is an exit poll for the presidential primary that which candidate inspires you more about the country and it's 55 percent said bernie sanders and 40 percent said clinton um and there are many organizations calling maryland for um secretary clinton uh but they have not bernie is ahead in rhode island so far by 22 percent and secretary clinton with one percent in is ahead by nine points 
in Connecticut. Um, so yeah, like, so I just got also, thank you Q for, um, so you guys forgive me cause I'm on my brother's Apple. <laughs> I, I've been using the Mac this week and I didn't, I couldn't figure out how to switch between the tabs, but, um, basically there was some, like, there's a little hubbub about a sample ballot in Pennsylvania. Um, you know, TYT nation tweeted this out that Bernie wasn't on these sample ballots, like basically these different organizations, these different entities, like, uh, you know, same thing with the Cook County Dems in Chicago, uh, Cook County in Illinois, same thing happened. They sponsor, they endorse who they endorse. And then they put out a, a, a ballot. They call it an official ballot. Like whether that's ethical or legal or whatever, that's a whole nother conversation uh, for people to like investigate and under, you know, figure out. But they put it out and they'll have the people they want on there. People are trying to steer you to vote. So like, you know, the, that, I saw that on Twitter too over the weekend. Uh, there was, a, I think it's Philly vote. You know, for everyone in upcoming elections, almost every state I've checked so far, I haven't checked all of them, but I've checked several just preemptively. You can get, when you go online, you can get your sample ballot. And you should tell other people this. You might even want to print it out and show it to your neighbors, right? What a sample ballot should look like when you're going. Because it's, it's actually good, especially if you're a new voter and you've never voted before. That was something else people were talking about with the ballots was that um, there was instructions about how to use the ballot. But I think I think it was Pennsylvania. You know, there were like only six Bernie delegates and like 10 Hillary delegates. And you're supposed to pick like five and five or whatever. So they were saying like, you know, make sure you don't vote for the Hillary people. I'm not necessarily giving you advice on who to vote for in terms of delegates, but pay attention and take some time before you actually go to vote um, for the upcoming, you know, for anyone in upcoming elections to make sure you actually know what your ballot looks like. So you're not caught off guard, freaking out and not knowing what to do when you get to the polls and you're in the booth by yourself. Um, because, you know, that's, that's, that's your shot. Um, so uh, Connecticut is 53 to 46 leaning Clinton and Rhode Island's 56, 43 leaning Bernie. Um, so um, also today is um, the 30th anniversary of the Chernobyl disaster. Um, it has been 30 years since the worst nuclear accident in history occurred. Um, Chernobyl uh, affected 3 million people overall and forced the evacuation of 300,000. Um, that area was sealed within an 18-mile inclusion zone. Um, and it's just now known as the zone. It's an area that's deemed too contaminated for people to live in. And there is a really good piece, I'll drop the link, from ABC News, and it shows like the old coverage and stuff like that. I thought it was just really interesting. It's really interesting for me because it's a, it's a nuclear um accident three mile island some of you from pennsylvania some of you might be familiar that was another um pretty big nuclear accident that occurred they were also so um this is a doctor near the zone oksana kadun head doctor at the iconal ivan i excuse me ivan hospital um has said at the level the, the closer even though there are regions that were not contaminated there's still a level of high illness from like, I guess the radiation that emanates off the area. The safe levels uh, by the International Atomic Energy Association have fallen to a factor of like several hundred and that like most contaminant laid has been made safe, but there's still, there's still, even though they said there's no evidence that leaked radiation has had a massive, and uh, it has a major impact on public health, there's still some indication that when studying the health of children in contaminated areas or near areas, they saw increase in issues of respiratory problems and immune system deficiency. While it's not the same thing, when we talk about the United States and you know our energy policy and looking at areas where you have things like fracking um, in particular, even it's it's it reminds me of when they talk about fracking and health effects, right? You know, the official you know word is, oh, we haven't really determined that this is an issue or that is an issue. But at the same time, you do have levels of illness, whether it's cancer, whether it's respiratory issues, other problems that are um, autoimmune issues that are higher than in areas where they don't have that. So while the absence of evidence is not evidence itself, it's still something that we need to be taking into consideration when we're talking about policy going forward. And then the last piece of news I thought was pretty interesting before I get into my um, moving forward, looking at what's next for the Bernie movement. 
uh, a federal judge upheld the North Carolina voter rules. So primarily it's the voter ID law. Remember when North Carolina was voting, there was a whole big deal about, especially like college students couldn't vote because they didn't have proper ID. Um, you know, civil rights groups, ACLU, other groups have, they're already appealing. But um, basically the, the provision was upheld. It was a voter ID provision. Um, and it also, so they, they were a, a, there was a provision repeal that allowed people to register and vote on the same day. Stuff like this is important as we're talking about all these voter issues, right? This is something that you're concerned about. You need to kind of look into these organizations in your community. The ACLU is usually an organization that's involved in this stuff. You have a local NAACP. You know, there are organizations that work on voter issues locally. You should know what the laws are in your area since this has been a widespread issue that people are becoming more and more passionate about. So one of the things that they upheld the repeal of provision that allowed people to register and vote on the same day. We've seen that available in several states this election cycle, how people could go to like their county clerk's office or whatever the, the designated office is with certain forms of ID. I believe it was available in Illinois, um, certain forms of ID and proof of residence and stuff like that. And then they were able to vote. With, with with like an extra, you know, ID or whatever. Um, but it also helped, they, they reduced um, early voting by seven day period. So they upheld that and they ended pre-registration and allowed some people to sign up before their 18th birthdays. And they, re they repealed a provision that allowed for the counting of ballots cast outside of voters home precinct. And it left intact the voter identification requirement. Um, so these are, this is an ongoing issue. Right. So when there was pushback, like last week after New York, people were saying we're like voter suppression is an issue. It's been going on where you guys been at. OK, that's not necessarily the best response to, to what was happening in New York, because New York was voter suppression and most definitely should not be tolerated. But at the same time, there is a lot. Of, there are a lot of issues. It's not just Arizona, New York, this election cycle. This North Carolina law has been an issue um, for a few years now. So. It's now going up to the United States Court of Appeals in the Fourth Circuit in Richmond. So we'll 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 be I'll be following that to kind of see how that that turns out and see what see what happens with that. Um, they just got another update. They're saying that uh, the gap is closing in Connecticut, fifty-one to forty-eight. Clinton's still leading, which really is interesting, right? That it's fifty-one to forty-eight in Connecticut because Connecticut is where Sandy Hook happened. Connecticut is where Secretary Clinton and her team were really trying to drive home this notion that, like they did in New York, about gun control and and how Bernie is bad on guns. So for it to be that close, um, oh, they've also updating Trump is now projected to win Rhode Island on top of the other three states. So it's pretty much a clean sweep for Trump tonight. I mean, we're still waiting on Delaware results. Um, and Rhode Island is still, Bernie's still up in Rhode Island, which is good. Um, so it's close in Connecticut. Uh, let me look back and see what we got from Maryland. Maryland, Maryland was being called, but we haven't, we haven't def definitively, we're still getting information in and stuff. So how do we move forward? I mean, Bernie Sanders said last night, for those of us who watched the town hall, you know, he's going all the way to convention. He is moving hard. He's doing what he got to do um, to make this happen. And as grassroots, I continue to tell you, if you're not satisfied with what the campaign has been doing in your community thus far and you have an election come up, do what you got to do to get out the vote. If you I've seen pictures of people taping signs to their cars. Um, Y'all check out Black Men for Bernie. I saw a killer video, just real short, but it was pretty sweet. They have they have SUVs wrapped in the Black Men for Bernie logo now. They have a big bus that they drive all over the place. They've been in Philly. I mean, they're going all over the place. Like people are doing what they got to do to help move this along because this is about all of us, right? It's not just about one person, and that's the difference with past presidential elections, right? It's been about that person getting a position. It's not about that person getting a getting a position. It's not about Bernie just becoming president. Become the nominee. This is about putting someone in a position who is going to use, to quote Bernie from last night, the bully pulpit to steer America in the right direction, right? And it's not just about having Bernie in that position. He has said that numerous times. We all know this. It is about having people in line with him, right? Who think, who Rick, who think similarly. I mean, we don't need everyone to think exactly the same, but who value people who value Americans, who value the right of people to have a better life than, than what we have right now, right? Like, and we have a lot of people who pay lip service to this stuff, 
but are they actually going to follow through when it is time when they're in office? Um, JP, one of our one of our live pro, one of our producers, you know, shout out to JP and the live pro crew, because without them, we could not do what we do on air. Um, had posted an article the other day about how uh, in 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 Congress, they're on the phone, right? Like half the day. But what are they on the phone about? They're on the phone fundraising. Now, I don't know if this is all year long or just in peak cycles, but they're spending like half their time during a work day, you know, when they're in an office setting, fundraising. They're not, you know, and who are they fundraising? They're not going to the community like Bernie does and like, you know, can you donate $2.70 today to kind of make this revolution happen? They're hitting up whatever lobbyists, whatever company, like whoever wants to donate, especially now that we have the Democrats, the Democrats, not the Republicans, the Democrats, pushing for increased funding and financial support from lobbyists, from corporations. We have the Democrats exploiting, you know, the different loopholes in, in federal regulations. We have the Democrats exploiting McCutcheon v. FEC. That's the law that removed the aggregate, spend, aggregate spending cap that allows George Clooney and others to donate $350,000 versus just two seventy. dollars Or I think the cap might have been like one twenty dollars or one twenty five dollars before. But like, you know, we see all this stuff happening from the party that was supposed to, you know, be about the people, supposedly. And as we're moving forward, as we're having these conversations, you know, this 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 idea of Bernie Kratz has developed right now. Some folks were disappointed last night when Senator Sanders was asked about. Ooh, excuse me, when Senator Sanders was asked about um, John Fetterman, who is running in Pennsylvania, um, Allegheny, I think Allegheny area. Um, and he was like, well, I don't really know much about him. And, you know, we got it. I, I had a little discussion on Twitter some weeks back about, you know, Bernie and down ticket and whether or not he's really about revolution or if he's just about himself. And there, this idea came about why isn't he supporting, you know, down ballot candidates? I mean, that's a bunch of rhetoric. It's not entirely true. It's not, it's not true. It's not in true in the same sense. Like when we're, when we're talking about supporting down ballot candidates, why isn't he endorsing basically all the people that endorse him? Um, I'm not really sure why, you know, the campaign is fighting a fierce battle uphill both ways in the snow, you know, eight hours trying to walk to school, right? Like one of them stories our grandparents used to tell us. Um, and so I don't know why the campaign isn't like, I mean, they're struggling to make sure they have the staff and volunteers to do what the campaign needs to do. I don't know the campaign is not a machine, right? It's a, it's a grassroots network that we're all fueling. So many of us have begun supporting um, these Bernie Kratz down ballot candidates. And that was, the con that was the point I was trying to make to this person, like Bernie Sanders has inspired all of us to be involved the way we need to be involved, to engage the way we need to engage. And in turn, we are taking it upon ourselves to be involved and to get out there because we are the movement, right? So there was a really good article in these times. If you guys have never checked it out, check it out in thesetimes.com. Um, it said the other progressive challengers taking on the Democratic establishment. Now, you know, some misinformation. I'm sorry. I wish I would have thought about doing this last week ahead of this week. But um, we have Jamie Raskin, who's running for Congress. I mean, he's in Maryland. So these some of these these Maryland PA races, um, I, I, you know, I went on and on about Donna Edwards about a week ago and got a little flack about it because Donna Edwards is actually a Hillary supporter. But that's the thing, right? There are some people out there who are Hillary supporters or they seem to be for the other side, but their policies, their voting record, when you go down the line, you're like, I don't understand why this is not a Bernie person. And I'll get into that in a few minutes. But um, we had a comment in the PA group tonight um, before I came on, and it was just like, you know, it's great that everyone's so focused on Bernie, Bernie, Bernie. We're all doing our part. We're all trying to be involved in stuff. But, like, we really need to start paying attention to some of these down-ballot candidates. Now, as you all know, Ben, you know, the Progressive Army have done pieces, have interviewed, have talked with several um, down-ballot candidates, you know, Bernie-style Bernie you know, Democrats from across the country. Talked with Alex Law, Lucy Flores, Christy Matthews, um, you know, there, there are tons of people, and the list goes on. I just had a Twitter exchange recently with Corey Bush from Missouri, right? So there, there are a lot of people all over the country who have taken up the call, and they're running. Fabulous. One, you need to check and see if there's a burning crack or someone, if not in your immediate area, within your state, right, or your region that you 
you know, learn about, want to support, you know, help them in whatever way you can. But then also, as we look at, because we look at some who have been like, this is the guy we need. Like we look at Tim Canova, for example, right? Like, you know, uh, I did an interview not too long ago with Dr. Nkume Sobe Jr. about the brand new Congress and Tim Canova in particular, he's in Miami uh, running against Debbie Washerman Schultz, head of the DNC. And um, Delaware is being called for HRC with 28%. So they're calling Delaware for Hillary as well. And Connecticut is now tied with 14% in. Um, I mean, it's, 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 it's an interesting, PA is coming in and it's, it's 51 to 28 from Philly County. What happened to the other 20, 20%? Um, but anyway, so like, you know, results are coming in. He's looking good in Rhode Island. Connecticut is a toss up at the moment. Delaware is going for Hillary. Pennsylvania right now is leaning Hillary. Um, and Maryland is leading Hillary. So we'll just keep seeing. And, you know, this might be going on into Bill's, Ben's hour as well. So, um, but yeah, but anyway, so talking about down ballot candidates or whatever, like, because at the same time, like Bernie Sanders says, we need a movement of people to hold elected officials accountable. But we also need elected officials that are going to be willing to work with and represent the people. We have the Congress we have right now from, from 2010, 2012, 2014 elections, because a lot of us, did not engage and we did not vote for whatever our reason was. We just did not. The numbers, the, the numbers in those mid in the midterm elections were abysmal, um, and and we 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 have to find a way forward, right? Regardless of what the outcome of this actual election is, we still have to move forward because there's still so much work to be done. Because this all doesn't the show don't stop whether Bernie becomes the new figurehead of the DNC or he becomes another senior member within the DNC. And I mean, whatever Bernie does. It don't stop the show. Um, so, you know, when we're talking about political revolution, we talk about transforming our country, our economy, you know, we're talking about transforming the way we do business politically, socially, emotionally, morally, environmentally. Like that means we need an army of people. We need a progressive army, right? Um, of people to be active and engaged and out there like really doing it. And so this this article in these times, it, it looks at, you know, several people from across the country, who, people who are looking at the U.S. House and Senate, and there are tons of people at the state level as well, um, who are fired up and we're ready to go. Jamie Raskin is actually running against Chris Matthews' wife. So, you know, the vitriol with Chris Matthews and stuff is, is, is in part because his wife is running against a Sanders-style Democrat in Maryland. Um, we have the, 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 the case with um, Donna, we have the race with Donna Edwards, and uh, Chris Van Hollen, you know, what's interesting the way that broke down and that 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 has bothered me even more. There was a brilliant if you guys if you're on Twitter, Liz Brown, L-I-Z-Z Brown. She's a lawyer. She's phenomenal. She's awesome. She does this thing. Hashtag Liz unpacks and she takes these issues. Right. And the most recent one she did most her most recent unpacking was Donna Edwards and the lack of support for Donna Edwards from the I'm with her crowd. Now, Donna Edwards is a Hillary supporter. She endorsed Secretary Clinton. She's been endorsed by Emily's List. She's been endorsed by uh, uh, Senator Gillibrand up in New York. I mean, she, she, but she has struggled, right? Because she has not, the CB, most of the members of the CBC have not, you know, she's a member of the CBC. She's African-American. She's, she was single, you know, I'd already said I love her because she was a single mom in law school and I already know how difficult and challenging that, that is by itself. Um, so there were some issues and there there's tons of institutional establishment support for Van Hollen. People say things like, oh, he was born for this. But like there was backlash against Emily's list for supporting a pro-choice woman candidate over, you know, a pro-choice male candidate, which is very interesting. Right. Because they're both don't be let's be clear. Both Van Hollen and Edwards are Hillary supporters. So we have at the presidential level. Right. Oh, we need to, as women, we need to support a woman, you know, historical first. Um, even though Donna Edwards is not a historical first, it's still historical. We've only had one African-American woman in, in the U.S. Senate. That was Carol Mosey Braun for one term. Um, she'd be the second single mother since the 1930s. 
right? And then she brings to it a perspective because she's been a single mother. She understands the struggle of being on food stamps and, you know, worrying about childcare. Like she has firsthand knowledge and her policies, her ideas, you know, her, her, her focus on schools and community and family, it's in line with what her own experience has been. It's in line with what a lot of people need and want. Um, so to see the I'm with her crowd, and we're talking about the presidential, the presidential election, you know, we need a woman. It's so important to stand with women. You know, Madeleine Albright, there's a special place in hell for women who don't support each other. As I said then, you know, as long as you're not Zephyr Teachout or some other progressive upstart, you know, we're, we're, we're for you until you're challenging one of our establishment boys. And that was the case when Zephyr Teachout ran for governor against um, Baby Cuomo. And that is the case now with Donna Edwards running against, you know, the establishment darling Van Hollett. Um, you know, he was, they say things like he was born to it. You know, they've just dis dis diminished her career, her character, her ability. You know, we've most recently now seen um, major Hillary financier supporter uh, Saban drop a ton of money to run ads and in, 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 uh, material against Edwards because she is, you know, sympathetic to the Palestinian cause. She's not staunchly pro-Israel and his one issue is, is pro is, is Israel only. He has said in interviews, and he is basically you know tacitly throwing support behind Van Halen. So they're pulling out the big guns. So it's very interesting over in the I'm with her camp right now, where you have a strong, competent, capable woman candidate, right, who has a perspective. You know, fight for fifteen. So many issues that we're talking about. We need to have more women voices. We need to more to develop more people of of certain backgrounds and identity. And then now you have the backlash coming from her supporters, from Hil from other Hillary supporters who are in Maryland, who are supporting Van Hollen, who are, well, she talks too much about her race, or she talks too much about her gender, or she's injecting identity politics in this. Huh? Like, I can go through y'all Twitter feeds, and y'all are the same people who falsely accuse Bernie Sanders of being sexist and racist. Y'all inject, like, like, it's not added up. They have a completely different set of politics and, 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 and ideas when it comes to these local level races than they do when they're they throw everything out the window when it's time to support Hillary Clinton. And that breaks down. So it's like, what is the cost of that support? Because it seems like if you're not one of the darlings of the party, you know, you can try and support her thinking that's going to give you a lifeline, you know, that's going to help you, you know, short the support you need. But it's not. And one of the discussions I had, like one of my discussion I had on Twitter with this political strategist or whatever she is, um, was that, you know, if only Bernie Sanders had got behind Donna Edwards. Donna Edwards, while I appreciate and, and, and have been rooting for her, you know, since I've read more about her, at the same time, she aligned herself in a certain way. But it's a challenge that a lot of people, women of color, Women in general, like people make certain choices because they think they have to do certain things to get elected, right? And, and they think that I'll do this to get elected, but then I'll be able to do good stuff. And we've seen with a lot of people that that does not generally happen, right? When you start compromising to get elected, you keep compromising to stay in office. And that's why when we start looking forward, we talk about the Bernie Krats, we talk about recreating kind of this grassroots style movement that we have around Bernie Sanders, around these other candidates, um, you know, we, we need to reproduce that. We need to recreate that for, you know, these other candidates as well, so that we have people who can stay true to the ideas, true to the passion that has driven them into office to begin with. We have to have their back. You know, we have to support them. We have to make sure. So there's John Fetterman, like I said, again, these, these, I'm waiting to see some more about some of these local races, see how they're coming out. So it's kind of tough talking about these guys tonight because they're elections tonight. But you have, you know, Jamie Raskin, you have John Fetterman, you have Donna Edwards. And again, Donna, Donna Edwards is not a Bernie crap, but her, her, if you look at her platform, you would have thought she was. If you look at her history, you would have thought she was. So we need to have these people back. We need to make sure when people are putting themselves out there in line, like Principal Troy Laververe, if I didn't pronounce it right, my bad. But like Principal Troy Laververe from Chicago, there was a big massive demonstration yesterday with parents and stuff. Um, protesting based on the decision to effectively remove him from his position because he has staunchly spoken out against um, Rahm Emanuel and some things going on with CPS and in Chicago as a whole. He was an advocate, sub, avid supporter of Chuy Garcia race against Rahm Emanuel. He's continued to criticize Rahm after the mayoral election, and he was a Bernie supporter. You got, like I said before, if you guys have seen the commercial with the principal, the Chicago commercial, 
That's Principal Troy. Um, check him out on Twitter and on Facebook. He has a really great blog too. And he writes about all these issues and he really breaks down a lot of issues. And we don't think about Wall Street issues as affecting our public schools. I'll once we get once I get once I can get over to the other window, figure out how to get over to my other window, I'll drop the link for that blog in there too, because it's it's it really brings it out, it breaks it home. And we have to keep so we have to still get some more stuff. So Delaware, Delaware and Pennsylvania are still Clinton. Um, you know, so we're Delaware and Clinton are still um, hanging in there, you know, moving along and stuff. But um, but with these candidates, we need to continue to look at them. There's Tom Fegan, and he's running for Senate in Iowa. Um, he says that Democrats have pulled the football away too many times, so the voters say, nope, I'm not going to get tricked. Not again. I'm not going to have you lie to me and tell me you're on my side. And then when I send you to D.C., you vote for the TPP or you vote for the Keystone Pipeline. You know, and and when we're looking at people, because that trust is an issue. We have so many people who sit outside of the system. Even now, as we, we learn more, people are learning more about how closed primaries work and how it really leaves out so, so many in society. Right. We leave it up to two two groups to decide for the entire nation who potentially gets the rule. That's not fair. So there's like there's all this work that we be done. Now we're idealists. We want a better world. We think we can achieve it, and we're willing to basically throw our bodies in front of a bus to do it. And so you know these are people that for the upcoming elections, you know you have Alan Grayson in Florida. So Alan Grayson, he has endorsed. So I think we, you know we we've also talked about this too. There are people who have endorsed Senator Sanders for whatever the personal reasons are. When you start looking at them, are they really completely in line? Like, I know people have raised some question about Alan Grayson, but Alan Grayson, if you remember, he's a representative from Florida, U.S. representative from Florida. He um, is the one that held the online poll to determine who should his superdelegate vote, who should he support. And overwhelmingly, it came back Bernie Sanders, and he has supported Tim Cordova, I mentioned, also in Florida. He is primarying Debbie Washington Schultz, which basically hasn't happened the whole time she's been in office. Um, there is, uh, I mentioned Jamie Raskin. There's Pramila Jayapal from Washington. Um, and, you know, one of the things I thought was really great about this NV's Times article was that it, it, it pointed out the importance of protest movements. Now, we heard from President Obama over the weekend while he was in London that protest movements, <sighs> particularly Black Lives Matter activists need to stop yelling, basically, and be willing to sit down and compromise and listen to people. The problem is that we've had decades, centuries even for some people, of trying to work with and compromise and get along to get along, you know, and, and to say to people that you need to just sit and listen and work with us when you're not really trying to deal with us on even on an even playing field, you're not trying to to really work with us on these issues, whether it's Black Lives Matter, whether it's talking about criminal justice reform, you know, um, taking mar marijuana off the off the schedule of controlled substances, or we're talking about uh, real police reform, right? Um, we've seen people have had to take matters in their own hands. So we it, 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 it's it's like really dismissive when President Obama talks the way he did this weekend because. Yes, okay, you might have recently had interruptions from Black Lives Matter-esque groups of Senator of Secretary Clinton and former President Bill Clinton. We saw it happen to Senator Sanders last year, primarily, you know. Um, but you what you don't see, what they don't talk about are groups like Asada's Daughters and BYP 100 in Chicago that continue to organize and, and keep the community informed and pushing for real meaningful reform, you know. Um, around issues of you know police brutality, um, around issues involving education, um, people from Black Lives Matter and Fight 15 work together. You know, I mean, there are all these different issues that people are actually cross organizing about, and that gets lost when you know you have someone like the president who is supposedly a former community organizer making these types of comments, right? You have a whole older generation of supposed organizers, supposed activists who are belittling basically the movements of today. So. So much of the conversation we're having now around criminal justice reform, around you know dealing with mass incarceration, around uh, global climate change, has been borne out raising the minimum wage fifteen dollars an hour. You know, 
sick and pain family leave, stuff like that. These things have been born out of protests, people demanding in the face of elected officials and those who would like to be elected officials that change actually happens. So there's a whole list of people. So you guys can check out. There are a couple of different places, websites. Um, one that was created by our very own Solomon here at the Progressive Army is Sanders, what an S, just like Bernie's name, Sanders, Democrats.org. Um, and that actually has not just, you know, the Sanders Democrats, but that has like other people too, that you can look at for your jurisdiction. And then you could, you could submit and suggest people to the page and they got, you know, all their information linked in there. You can link to their website, stuff and their pay information if you want to donate. So that's a great, you know, initial resource. There's also BernieCrats.net that has a list of like determined vetted burning crats and other resources and stuff you can use to determine like who's actually like been vetted and continue, considered. Um, Connecticut is 50, Connecticut is like 50, 49, um, Sanders, Delaware, 60, 40, Clinton, Maryland is, I don't know what, I don't know what, I guess there are no results from Maryland. I don't know. PA is 60, 40 and Rhode Island is 59, 40 Sanders. So, Connecticut is very, very close. Again, considering all the hijinks they pulled with the, sand, with the Sandy Hook stuff, surprise that Connecticut is like basically a tie right now. Um, Delaware, Secretary Clinton has an upper hand. She has an upper hand in Pennsylvania. It's like a 20-point spread right now. Um, and Rhode Island's 59-40. So again, this will probably, the results will probably carry on over into Ben's show um, some. And I'll post some stuff in the Progressive Army uh, Facebook group about the results for tonight. And then also I'll tweet some stuff out once I'm done. Um, so the last two things, last two things are, you know, local organizing and other issues. Again, how are we moving forward? You know, I saw the movie Barbershop 3 with my kids. Love Barbershop 3. Love, 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 loved it. Um, it's so funny. I always think about uh, whenever time I see Ice Cube in any of these movies now that he does, I always think about um, the boondocks. You mean the man that make the family movies? Yeah. Like, if you haven't seen the boondocks, Riley, Gangstalicious, Riley's talking to asking him, well, who was his inspiration? He was like Ice Cube. And, he, and Riley is like, you mean the man to make the family movies? And my kids didn't get the joke. And I'm like, yeah, Ice Cube used to be a gangster rapper. And now he makes, you know, wholesome family movies pretty much. Barbershop 3, great movie. But, but one, what I really liked and why I felt the need to kind of tie this into what I'm going to talk about is that in Barbershop, you know, it's the Barbershop. You know, Barbershop, is, you know, we've thought of it as the hub of the community. People come and chat. You know, life happens. You know, you 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 talk with your people. You build. You, I mean, you you pontificate. All types of stuff, right? Same thing with the beauty shop. Um, and in this movie, there is it's Chicago. And I felt having lived in Chicago as a teenager and had certain experiences, I felt it was a good representation. It didn't need to be getting to very deep into all the violence aspect of it. It focused more on the, the 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 human side, the community, like how do we do something? So basically in the movie, the, the barbershop staff, they come together, something, you know, there there's like, you know, basically raging gang war going on in their community. That's, you know, pretty much life in Chicago um, for some of us. And they come together and they decide like, let's try and see if we can broker a, a truce because we're an institution, the barbershop is, for a lot of places, the barbershop is an institution in the community. And, um, Oh, apparently CNN has called PA for Clinton. Um, you know, we're going to still see what the final numbers and stuff to give you what the final counts and stuff are. But so, so far it seems like uh, Pennsylvania has been called for Clinton. They've said possibly Maryland. Delaware has been called for Clinton, I think, if I remember correctly. Rhode Island is, Sanders is still leading and Connecticut is a tie. So um, shout out to Benita. I know some really awesome people. Shout out to Marlon. So some really awesome black burners in Connecticut who were organizing, mobilizing, and getting out the vote. So, um, and shout out to my people in Maryland who were doing what they were doing too. Because, um, you know, it hasn't been easy. But anyway, you know, the barbershop, you know, so they, so they are successful. They get, they get the word out to the community. They take the initiative and the action themselves. Why is she talking about a movie? Because that is just such a simple thing to do, to get with your neighbors or a couple of your friends, start a program, start a weekend, just one time thing. They were able to get like some famous people to tweet it out. And it was like this whole thing and the whole community got behind it, right? Um, there was some tragedy involved too. I won't tell you the whole movie because I want you to go see it because it was really good. But there are two initiatives happening that just got launched this week. There's brand new Congress. Um, again, Dr. Nkume Sobe Jr. came on a couple weeks back to talk about brand new con Congress and Tim Canova. Brand new Congress is this, um, check it out, brandnewcongress.org. 
Brand New Congress is basically an initiative. So like we have the Bernicrats for people who are running right now in 2016. We need to support them. Brand New Congress is looking at 2018. So how do we start preparing now to turn over, well, identify the districts and stuff, but how do you start preparing now to turn over these districts and bring Bernie or whomever, you know, if it's not Bernie, whomever is, how do we bring representation for these issues that we're saying are a must be addressed? How do we bring forward people who need to address those issues? Rhode Island, just to just let you guys know, Rhode Island, Bernie's still, it's 58-41, so Clinton's picked up a little bit more, but Bernie's still firmly in the lead in Rhode Island. But with Brand New Congress, how do we move forward? You know, check out brandnewcongress.org. It's it's like, you know, we'll bring on, it's uh, being led by Zach Exley, who's with the campaign, and uh, Corbin Trent, and then also my bestie, Stacey Hopkins. Um, so, you know, we'll probably try and uh, bring them on soon to talk about brand new Congress, how you can get involved and what we can do going forward. But we're, we're, we're looking at doing house parties to really start identifying and building around potential candidates, looking at 20, building for 2018 races. We have the 2016 folks and we do need to support them. We need any work on that. We're going to be doing a round table with Christy Matthews and some other of the younger um, folks. We're going to do like a kind of a millennial candidate round table. Um, I think like, I think it's next week. So we'll definitely promo and get you guys some more information on that. So we're going to continue working with, you know, 2016 folks, getting that information out there and figuring out how can we support them. But brand new Congress is looking at the 2018 election cycle. How do we continue building support going forward so we have this strong base, taking this energy we all have now and keeping it moving? Because we have to keep it moving. Because when Bernie's elected, when he's nominated, when he's elected, when he's in there, he needs us even more so. He was asked a question last night about Obama for America and, and how to keep it going. We have to, we can't rely on Bernie to dictate and lead us. We have to lead and be united no matter what. Um, and the other thing is the People Summit. It's it's the peoplessummit.org is the other website. Um, that is in, J in July, I'm J uh, June, sorry, getting all my J's mixed up. It's June 17th. It's the weekend of June 17th, 19th. So it's what it sounds like. It's a big summit with many of the major groups. Um, uh, progressive Democrats for America is involved. Um, you know, speakers from National Nurses United is involved. Uh, speakers include, uh, uh, my mind's going blank. <laughs> um, but National Nurses United, People for Bernie, um, pro pro Progressive Democrats for, for America, I'm involved in doing outreach and engagement for the event. It's a big summit. There are issues, many basically discussing many of the issues that are part of Bernie's platform and more. How do we move? How do we move on these issues? How do we organize? How do we bring about legislative changes? What do we need to be doing on a local level? So basically, it's like a big conference for all of us grassroots organizers and people in the movement to get together. There is another similar type of event planned in July, right before the convention, um, the People's Revolution. Um, so there's similar events, you know. The one in, in June is right after California. I know for California folks, that's right around time delegate selection will be happening. You know, we're going to try and see if we can do some, um, you know, interactive stuff so people who can't make it there, you know, can still be involved and engaged. If you have suggestions, you know, the, the website is the People's Summit. So P E O P L E S Summit, S U M M I T dot org, the People's Summit dot org. That's the website. Uh, there's plenty of information on there. You guys can hit me up on Twitter for more information. I'll tweet out all the links and stuff. So far coming in, we have Connecticut, 24% of the results in 50 to 48. Um, Fifty to 48 Sanders, and I'm reading that right. Clinton with 84% in Delaware, Secretary Clinton is leading 60-39. Maryland still, there are no results showing. Um, like I said, there were polls in Baltimore that were closing, that opened late, so they're closing late. Um, at 58-41, Clinton in Pennsylvania with 5% of the vote in, and Rhode Island is 57-41. Oh, wow. So Bernie pulled ahead in Connecticut, apparently. So we have 50-48 Sanders in Connecticut and 57-41 Bernie in Rhode Island. That's fascinating. So just to wrap up, you guys, thank you so much for, for hanging in there with me. I got a little bit off topic talking about lemonade, et cetera, but I appreciate you all so much. Um, I'm dropping links in here and tweeting them out. Brand new Congress, progressive candidates. We need to look forward, organize, energize, motivate, be the movement. Now turning it over to you. Ben, you ready? You here? Hey, Ben. Hey, how's it going, Anoa? It's going. Thank I, you. Uh, 
My pleasure. Enjoy listening to you. Here we go. Let's give you some closing music. If I unmute it. The Benjamin Dixon Show is only possible. Yeah, I'll sing for y'all next time. Go to www.thebenjamindixonshow.com to register for our blog. Join the Progressive Army and support the Benjamin Dixon Show. If you like this episode, be sure to share, like, and subscribe. Consider becoming a Patreon. Go to www.patreon.com forward slash the BPD show and support the Benjamin Dixon show.